Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. Derek. Hello. You're back. I'm back. From paddling. You had yes. a good trip? It was fantastic. The weather was so amazing. Like, it was, uh, like, we were in shorts and t-shirts during the day. It kind of got chilly at night, but during the day it was fantastic. I saw a couple pictures. Yeah, it was, oh, it was a really good weekend. It was, it was nice to get out with the boys again. You don't often get to hang out with all these guys. And, uh, so it was just, uh, it was a really nice weekend. It was, uh, the, the, like, I was just, we're constantly blown away the whole weekend. It's like, really? This is November? So this was, you went to the Moon River? Yes. On uh, Georgian Bay? So, yes. So it was, uh, it's Massasauga. Well, we were on the verge of Massasauga Provincial Park. We camped on Crown Land. And, uh, so we got there Friday morning. We, uh, we had planned on paddling down towards into Massasauga Provincial Park, but, uh, we had heard stories that they still patrol and stuff like that. So if you got caught on a campsite there, it's like an oh no. Right. So we just paddled up river and we went to some crown land campsites right below the first set of falls. And, uh, we just parked our butts there and, uh, we did day trips. So it was, uh. The weather was fantastic. There was like, not, it was just clear skies constantly, right? It was like, we, you know, all the stars, you could see all the stars. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was, it was really, really, really nice. Yeah. Even down here, it was pretty nice. Got a lot of work done outside and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, like you say, in November. I know, right? Like Very this, unusual. Yeah. It must be that global warming yes, thing they've that's been what we, talking that's about. That's kept saying all weekend. Those conspiracy theorists have <laughs> been talking about. Yeah. Um, crown land. How was the crown land up there? So the, uh, the area, I've never been to that area before. So I, I'm definitely going to go back. We, we did do a day trip into Massasauga and looked at a bunch of campsites and, and they have, uh, they have tent pads that they've leveled and finished with four by four. So there's a, like three or four tent pads at each campsite. And there's really? a big lockable green bin, like a tool bin, and it's for parking your food in for the bears, keep away from the bears. There's uh, there's a custom made uh, fire pit grills on each fire pit, and it's like it's <laughs> they they uh, they pulled out all the stops. It was uh, so it's like front country camping in the back country. Exactly, precisely. Wow. And it was, and those, these sites were, uh, I, I saw many, many sites that it's like, oh, there's a nice one. That's, I, I was writing down the numbers, but it's like, <laughs> I got to book this one. I like this one. That's the best to do. <laughs> yeah. So, but I've heard of, uh, hiking sites that are like that with the, with the, um, lock boxes and stuff. Yeah. This is the first time I've seen the lock boxes. I've yeah, never I've, seen I've never before. seen them on a campsite. Yeah. Especially backcountry. Yeah. And there's one campsite we saw. It was, uh, it was before 09 or something. Anyways, it was, uh, it's on a corner of a point. It's very rocky. So, but it's a really nice campsite, but because there's no flat spots, they built a patio for you to put your tent on. Like really? it's a wooden platform that they built to pitch your tent on. So it's on the corner of a point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the bear bins there, the, like the, uh, a, a slight drawback to fall. Well, it's closed, so whatever. But a slight drawback to fall is that there's no leaves. And as you paddle by, you can see every single thunderbox. <laughs> oh, so if you're sitting on a thunderbox and somebody looks, you just wave. Hi. Oh, hello. <laughs> what you doing up there? 
just but enjoying it's, the view. It's like, uh, like I've, I've spent most of my camping time in like Killarney and Tomogamy and Algonquin, but this one is, it's just feels and looks different. It, it could be because it's fall as well, but uh, it, uh, there's a lot of, uh, do you know how you look at satellite videos or satellite views on Google Maps and you see all the lines and the waterways are just big, long slashes in the mm-hmm. Canadian Shield. Well, that's what it is. It's just big, long slashes in the Canadian Shield. And these yeah. are the canoe routes. And uh, it's all, it's just amazing to look at. And and what was interesting is, uh, so where we were at, on the Crown Land site, so we, that water is attached to Georgian Bay. So we basically are Georgian Bay water levels, right? Right. I'm sure there's like storm surges and stuff that changed. We saw evidence of storm surges where you could see the water level had suddenly increased or gone down by two feet or something. And so it's, you know, like here on in Georgia Bay, like if you get enough wind pushing, you have the water level change on the other side. So we could see that in a few places where water lapped up, but uh, generally Georgian Bay and like here on, they're the levels are pretty stable throughout the mm-hmm. year. They don't change a lot. It's not like you get tides. It's not like it's a smaller lake where it drains. It's like, it does drain, what is this, St. Mary's Canal or something? Or whatever, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, down that way. Yeah. South, yeah. So it's, uh, but it's the whole area is just, it's like just beautiful. It's really nice. How is the the crown land? Were there lots of spots or like, so, was it used so, before? So it was, that. that's, that's an interesting part of it. So we were on a crown land campsite and we could see everywhere we walked. There's an oh, there's another sign. This must be a campsite, but in between them, there's like fire pits everywhere. So on our campsite, there were five fire pits. Really? Now, when you say your campsite, do they have? It's a designated campsite. It's got a thunder box. It's got a fire. On crown land? Yes. These ones do. All, really? of, all of them did. So we uh, we visited quite a few campsites. All around us, there's like random fire pits everywhere. So I think it just, it gets so busy, people just show up and, and park a tent, right? Right. So there's there's lots of areas. It's all, it's really open. It's all rocky. And one of the drawbacks of, uh, so it's very rocky, Canadian flat, Canadian shield type thing. And it's only got about six inches of topsoil. So our campsite was just like, you couldn't walk anywhere and stay dry. It was like all the, it had just rained recently. Mm -hmm. So it was all the ground was just water logged, water soaked everywhere. Right. And, uh, so we, (laughs) right near campsite is an old Thunderbox. And I'm not sure the thought process, but like maybe 50 meters further into the woods, there's two more Thunderboxes side by side. So close enough that you could hold hands while pooping. So I, th- I was curious about I, that. I don't even know anybody that I would want to do that with. <laughs> oh, I love you from the deepest recesses of my soul. Let's go poop together. No. <laughs> yeah, these ca- these two Thunderboxes, like they're brand spanking new. They're freshly put in. Were they both being used? Maybe they put one down to put the other. When they installed the other, they forgot <laughs> to take the one with them to go to a different site. So now there's a site with no Thunderbox. Well, so the the site south of us, it had just an old Thunderbox and it was up on a hill above the campsite. And so even in summer, you still have full view of the, camp, of the fire pit. And so there's just shrubs 
just low shrubs so it's like we you could see when we paddled by it it's like oh look there's one there's a sign there's a thunderbox it's like the thunderbox is right out in the middle of a clearing above the fire pit <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay i don't want that campsite i just be waving to people all day long he's been on the thunderbox for seven hours i know but people just keep going by he just he keeps likes waving the, he likes the attention he's like he's on the throne it's not a real throne yeah. <laughs> so yeah it, it was curious but it was uh, you could see that the area was heavily used the the area where we were it was pretty clean but you know we did find some there's there's frying pans attached to almost every tree in the area. Like people just kind of leave the frying pans behind. There was no portages, right? There were. So. Okay. I was so, going to say, because if there's no portages, then why wouldn't you just take it out? <laughs> well, so where we were, there was no portages. You have direct access to the parking, parking lot. Right. Uh, so at uh, uh, Moon River Cottages. And so they, what, they charge $10 a day to park your car, which yeah. is, which is fair enough. It's cheaper than paying yeah. for a campsite. Yeah, exactly, right? And uh, so we did, like, there's a, we kept calling it the sex blanket, but there's this duvet out on a rock just sitting there. It's like, oh, somebody left their sex blanket behind. <laughs> but it was a full-on puffy duvet. Like, a, like, not a blanket, it was a duvet. It's like somebody just left their duvet behind. I found uh, coffee cups and forks and stuff like that. It's a pair of shorts. It's just... People just left stuff. Yeah. But as we got farther in, so on the first day trip, we went down to Massasauga to check out the campsites. On the second day, which was Sunday, we went upriver. And so we did, there's a couple short portages, uh, a lot of these long, narrow channels between rock walls and stuff. It was uh, like uh, gorges, crevasses, something, whatever. So scenic paddling. Oh, at it least. was, it was amazing. It was amazing. And some of the campsites are really nice campsites, but there's a few of them. I, this is, I don't think I've seen so many broken camp chairs in the back country in my life. Like if there was a one, two, three, four, I think we saw at least six or seven broken camp chairs. And like in one site, there's like two camp chairs and you could tell that the camp chairs have been there for a couple of years. They're covered in pine needles and leaves oh, and stuff. Right. But other ones were just, we went through one uh, campsite and it was uh, like everything was piled on top of the fire pit. There was like, I saw a cutting board, a frying pan, water bottles, tons of water bottles. People apparently don't know what a water filter is. And there was just like gear and, and it's like... Why would you just shed so many things? You would need more than just a canoe to haul all that garbage out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, and while we were there, we uh leaving at about the same time as we were. And then when we, we stayed an extra day, went in, we're coming out Monday. So we bumped into Matt Olson twice. Oh, did you? At the put in. And then he was coming out with his buddy and we met them at a, one of the portages. Cool. Yeah. And he was saying, yeah, there's a campsite up there. It's, you need three canoes to get all that stuff out. <laughs> By the sounds of it, yeah. And there's one campsite where we found, and it was, it was an amazing campsite. It was huge. There was like, like it's, just, it's, it's uh, got river running on both sides of it. And it's just a very large, you have to climb a bit to get to the top. And yeah, there was a lot of garbage and debris and sleeping pads and so on. But one of the things that was very peculiar is this giant workstation that had like 
cubbies and cabinet holes and a place for a pot to go and and it was like probably about five feet tall seven or eight feet long three feet deep with uh you know plastic dowels underneath for shelving and it was somebody really? had, somebody pulled it out of their garage and and decided hey just haul into the back country they must have taken it by powerboat Probably. I, we could see, when you look at the map, you can see where one of these giant channels, crevasse things, I don't know what to call them. I got to figure out the name for them. But anyways, it went from that campsite and it goes right up to the 400. So you could put uh, in at the 400 and go put stuff into a, into a boat and haul it right straight down to the site. Wow. That's, that's bad. It is. It is. But, and there's a picnic table on the site too, a backcountry site with a picnic table. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen that before. No. Now, see, <laughs> Crown Land that I'm used to is nothing on it. Yes, me too. There's no campsites. There's yes. no thunder boxes. You might there's find no a fire pit. Fire, yeah, you might find an old fire, fire pit, pit if somebody's used that. But area otherwise, before. yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, nothing. And so the thunder boxes were they're made just like you'd, you'd find in the in uh, Algonquin or or mm-hmm. Killarney or something, right? These are like professional made thunder boxes and there's no cost for these sites no no just to park yeah it's just to ten dollars a day to park and mm-hmm. the sites and that goes to a private guy that's not even the park getting that yeah. money so if you get out go to the main one of the main jump off points I'm, sh- I'm sure they charge for parking as well but this was just some dude who runs the uh moon river cottages yeah so well, good money for property, him might as well a, yeah every little bit counts right yeah. wow yeah, but um, it was it was a good trip. It was one peculiar thing, and all of us were scratching our heads. Was uh, around around like uh, Matt Olson said he heard it too, and we heard it. But I th- I th- first time I heard it was about one in the morning, and Matt said he thought he heard heard it around eleven, and some of the boys were saying oh, around twelve or something. Anyways, it was fairly loud, electronica fusion type music and it played from about midnight on Saturday night I kind of there was a couple times where it, it comes and goes depending on how far away when we went way up river you could still hear it but it would come and go depending on uh, humidity levels or the wind or whatever right but we could hear it all day Sunday for a few times like at around quarter to nine it seemed to stop for an hour and then it came back uh, but it was electronica and it played. It's like, I, I was convinced that it was somebody had said, uh, was up at their cottage and said, meh. Nobody I'm, else up I'm leaving here. for the week. I'm just going to leave my music going while I leave. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> it just, it was, <laughs> it was loud enough for us to hear it. And it woke me up a couple times. It was that loud so that wherever it was coming from, which had to be a couple kilometers away, I can't imagine how loud it was there. Yeah. So you, you it's like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe they're having a rave. I don't know, taking, you know, sleep naps and then the rave continues. And concert, yeah. It was... 24-hour concert. Yeah, it was pretty loud. It was pretty loud. Why didn't you like hunt it down and join in? <laughs> a couple of times we were, we were tempted just to paddle across the river and hike into the woods and follow the sound of the music. It's like for the, for them to be playing it that long, it's like somebody's dead over there. <laughs> <laughs> he was falling and he hit his radio as he was dying. <laughs> yeah, it just, it was going forever. Wow. But except for that, 
and maybe some of the trash. Like it's it was just a very beautiful area. Like just waterfalls. The, oh yeah, Canadian Shield. The waterfall there was spectacular. Just the one waterfall that you saw? Well, there's a bunch of smaller ones, but there's one fairly big one. Right. And there's there's a there's two big two big ones, two of them, and you could see that. Uh, I don't know where the headwaters come from, but you can see where in the spring the water is about 15 feet 20 feet higher in some spots really it's like what do you think the fishing would be like there at those falls uh there's a lot of fishermen out oh so the right at the falls it's a fish sanctuary so you're Mm -hmm. not allowed to fish in that area right but you go above it and you can fish up there but uh uh uh, what was it uh when we were putting in one of the guys that uh was talking to uh, Mike and Kevin. He said that the day before, who knows, people tell tall tales, but somebody else says, oh yeah, that guy, he's an expert fisherman. And apparently he caught like 50 bass. Most of them are in the three pound, four pound range. But they're out of season. You catch them, release them. You can't help what bites. Like pike are in in season. People are catching pike. Hmm. Wow. So. Something to think of for uh, the mm -hmm. summer. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, it's... uh, what about animals, wildlife? Well, there was a, a lot of gunshots and we saw at the, when we got into the cottages, there's like a, a fresh deer head on one table and, and there was a ATV trailer with a moose legs and a moose hide that were still fresh. So if I was an animal, I would be vacating the vicinity, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we saw, we saw birds, lots of birds, lots and lots of birds. Like there's brigansers and loons. It's like, dude, you're yeah, they usually south. gone by now because they they start to congregate. Yeah, what in September, October, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you think they'd be gone by? They so, was, they've got to be heading this week. Or there's a whole fleet of brigansers. Have you ever a seen fleet? Have you ever seen aerial views of fleets of ships during the yeah. war and where they're all going one direction? So you can see this whole fleet of ships going, and so like. I don't know, every half hour they were going up and then down. And so occasionally some of the mergansers would dip underneath and come back up. But for the most part, you get to see this fleet of mergansers heading down the a river. flotilla. And then coming back up the river and then going down the river. So it was just constant. It's like, we're just staring there. It's like, here they go again. <laughs> but yeah, we saw, yeah, we saw loons and a lot of mergansers. Hmm. Yeah. So it's definitely somewhere you're going to check out next oh, summer yeah, then. Definitely. I'm taking the kids back there next year. It's, it's very kid friendly. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Good. So there's, um, the portages aren't, one of them was a little rough. I'd have to be careful with the kids on that. But if we went down into Massasauga, there's no portages at all. And it's all sheltered water. It's, um, it's all Canadian shield and a lot of mostly hardwood forests. And there's, you know, spots of like pine and whatever, but, uh, it's, uh, it's a really nice area. The campsites are very accessible. And, uh, it, you're, you're going to see a lot of boat traffic. Mm-hmm. There is that. Like we saw, we saw a fair amount of boat traffic and it's fall. Yeah. But most, a lot of them Speed were boats, little aluminum boats. Um, like pontoon boats. Like, uh, oh, okay. we saw a couple pontoon boats, a couple speed boats, a, a couple just aluminum, uh, uh. With a 9.9 on the end yeah, or something. Yeah, just humming up the, the river or whatever. Yeah. But it, it's, but I'm, I'm, it doesn't bother me. No. I, like I, I just kind of, whatever. It's a boat going by. I, yeah. I, I ignore it. But uh, otherwise, it's uh, there's there's uh, a lot of sites out on islands. The further you get, we didn't get that far. 
we were we were pretty limited on how far and how fast we get somewhere it's just because I was I was paddling solo right and uh, I ended up just because it's hard to hard to paddle single paddle so I strapped my two paddles together to make a kayak paddle and that helped out a lot. So it, uh, made it to start remembering to bring a kayak paddle. <laughs> no, then people have turned their nose up at me. Like me. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I, am my, my kayak paddle was engineered out of two canoe paddles. So <laughs> it, it, it was, it was good. doesn't make it any better. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to, I would have had to turn around. I was, I couldn't keep up with the guys yeah. just because the, the wind kept on blowing me off course and stuff. But once I started kayak paddling, it was, uh. Made a big difference. It was a lot easier to control the boat. Yeah. Cool. So, mm-hmm. It was, but yeah, it's a fantastic area. I've, and you know, it's funny. I, I've heard the name before, but I've never even considered it. But now that I've been there, it's like, whoa, well, this is really, really nice. And I got, I wonder how, how hard it is to get a site on the crown land. It's See, probably, that's probably I mean, why. First come, first serve, that's right? probably why you have like, uh, of the, of the, uh, what? eight campsites there was like 200 fire pits yeah like it was ridiculous how many fire pits there every time you turn a corner like in the our one campsite there's five fire pits some of them look like winter fire pits like it, it's up in the trees and stuff but then there's like right down by the main fire pit there's a rock ledge and on top of the rock ledge is another fire pit so it's like the parents fires then the kids fire up on top <laughs> i don't know makes no sense yeah but wow. yeah, there's fire pits everywhere. Some of them were, hadn't been used in years. There was like moss growing in a few of the fire pits and stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know what gets into people's heads, but they do certain things, right? Yeah, you had a good time though. Oh yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it was it was spectacular. It was it was a really good weekend. It was the the weather was nice. The stars at night. The uh, you know all the birds that we saw and like there's there was a lot of uh, hunters traffic. We heard uh, it was sporadic occasional gunshots on Saturday and then about Sunday evening at around dusk like there must have been about five or six people doing pot shots at something because it was just pop 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 it was a really fast deer it was like holy cow wow but yeah it was when the beers had kicked in and they were just shooting cans right that's what I was thinking yeah woohoo because we didn't hit anything all yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was fantastic. I really like Massasauga. I'm definitely going back. Yeah, I've never I've never been there because uh, I it, always go. To yeah, it's like two and a half that. hours for me. Be about two hours for you. Yeah, it's very close. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. not that far at all. Yeah, but awesome. Uh, I didn't do anything. No, no, no. While you were out enjoying, I was doing. Yard work? Yard work and <laughs> everything else around the house. The basement's a lot cleaner than it was the last time you saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been doing a lot of stuff around here, getting ready for winter and whatnot. Had to hang the um, uh, winter tent there and everything in the garage. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna final do, dry. I'm going to rig up some a pulley system to make it a little bit easier with hooks because what I did... It, somebody they put hooks in the top of my garage coming out of my ceiling mm-hmm. so I just used those with uh, ratchet straps yeah so I put hooked one end of the ratchet at, or one of these hooks from the ceiling and the other end to one of the loops in my tent and 
hauled the one side up mm-hmm. and then I did it in a couple other spots as well. And yes, nicely hanging the full length of my garage. <laughs> Can't do anything in there right now until that thing dries. And then it's, well, where do you fold it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. It's filthy too. Oh, from yeah? all the mud. Yeah. 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 It's unfortunate. A nice white tent after first use in a rainstorm and a muddy park. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Winter uh, use only. <laughs> yeah, winter use only. Yeah. Um, boop, 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 boop. I was Googling stuff. Googling. So, oh, what, what are we drinking? How do you pronounce this? J. It's like fever, but with a J. Yeah, Jever. It's a German Jever? beer, so who knows what the... From Germany. Imported from Germany. It's one of the best beers I've had in a long time. Uh, boop, boop. What did we see here? Oh, yes, the recycling. Uh, the recycling bits. Uh, imported to the USA, brewed and canned in Germany, uh, refund Quebec, 20 cents for Canada, return for refund where applicable, um, Puerto Rico, do not litter, (laughs) (laughs) says, says nothing on the side of Canada, Puerto Rico can get money back for it. Yep. Puerto Rico, do not litter. Do not litter. So I don't know if they got a problem with littering down in Puerto Rico, but. (laughs) I guess they must. Yeah, not too bad. Jever? 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 It's very good. It's like fever, but, oh, J ever. J ever. Jever. It's a Pilsner. It's good. (laughs) It's gone. Yeah. You need to bring more beer next week. Uh, What else was it? Oh, I was Googling. So let me ask you a question. Sure. If money was no option and you could travel with your paddleboard, kayak, canoe, all three, whatever, would you go paddling in shark infested waters? <laughs> I would tend to avoid it. I'm, <laughs> I'm just looking at stuff at like South Africa, Australia paddling there. And I was like, great white invasion. Watch shark flip over kayaker in middle of ocean. Oh no. Kayaker has close encounter with five meter great white shark. Hammerhead shark attacks kayak fishermen. Like (laughs) a guide for kayakers against sharks. Do sharks attack kayaks? Whatever kayaker needs to know about sharks. There's a theme here. (laughs) So yeah, like I say, I was, uh, South Africa off, um, Cape town and whatnot. There's some really nice places to go paddling kayak and Lilo adventure into storms river gorge. That looks pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, Atlantic outlook, Cape tour, a kayak tour, Cape town, stuff like that. But you're looking at all these places, a kayak trip to the boulders, penguin colony from Cape town, full day adventure activities from Jeffrey's Bay. And you're looking at all these things and these are like some of these tours and spots are telling you to go paddling are prime shark locations. Mm -hmm. So needless to say, (laughs) that one's off my list. That one's off my list. That one's off my list. And then you start looking at California. Shark attacks a kayak and a paddleboard in California. California is off my list. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's a whole, now I've seen this before. I was one of those National Geographic type TV shows. One of the things that they're 
um, people are asking is, are like kayaks and paddle boards, do they attract sharks? Mm -hmm. I was watching one and they had a, a surfboard and they put out these two fake arms and legs, like a surfer was mm -hmm. paddling. Yeah. And uh, yeah, a, a shark attacked. And they, they figure it's because when you're looking at it, I guess it looks like a bit like a seal yep. or a penguin. Exactly. Right. So that's what they think. Oh, there's a seal up there. I'm going to go get them. Mm -hmm. But it's a surfer. So you got to think, ooh, maybe <laughs> that's just a seal with his arms and legs in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and uh, yeah, I've heard of, of quite a few stories of surfers getting, you know, kind of chomped on a bit. Like you hear about in Australia all the time. It doesn't happen a lot, but it's people, I have an unnatural fear of getting eaten by a shark. So it's, I think it's like one of those things, like you could, uh, people die, get hit by buses all the time, but nobody are scared of buses, right? I am. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, uh, but just the, uh, the odd, what, maybe a dozen attacks a year worldwide by sharks. Mm -hmm. It's, it's enough to strike the fear into the hearts of anybody going out in the water, right? Do you think the fear of sharks would be in as much if that movie Jaws never took place? <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's into the, into the public psyche just from... You know how long it was that I ever went swimming after that movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, that shark was psycho. It had a human brain. He had revenge on his mind. He was robotic. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm just looking at all these things. And you start thinking about that. Like, that's got to enter into your mind when you're making yes, your... Yes, yeah. Well, why don't we take the family down to to Cape Town and we'll go out from there and we'll do some paddling for the day. Yeah, because <laughs> we want to get rid of little Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the other thing is... Uh, what, like, I, I, can, I only know of one incident where a, uh, a whale jumped out of the water and landed on a kayaker. Oh, there's one going around right now where he scooped up food and there was a kayaker right there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there's a video going around. A giant whale almost eats, I think it was a, it was a humpback <laughs> whale, almost eats kayaker. Yeah. But it's not like the whale knew the guy was there. The whale was just, uh, it was whale, just. maybe he was thinking, I'm a shark. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like one of those things. It's like, these are big animals, right? Yeah. Like it, all, it doesn't take much for them to brush up against you and knock you over. Yeah. Wearing the brown pants, you come in. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, same thing as you see the the killer whales. Yeah, they'll swim by, swim on their side, and get, and eyeball you. That's it. It's they're eyeballing you. Yeah, they're <laughs> looking at you. They're like, hmm, is that food or is that not food? That guy's got a juicy hind <laughs> leg there. That's looking pretty tasty. Well, yeah, and it's the intelligence of the animal too. Like, so killer whales, when they when they do that, I mean, I've seen many videos of them kind of eyeballing kayakers or stand-up paddleboarders, and it's like, oh, it's got to turn your guts to ice water, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, why is he staring at me? Yeah, I'm sorry, but a killer whale goes by me, turns on his side, and he's looking at me. I'm thinking, so this is how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Yeah, 52 years, I've, I've had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> this is not going to end gonna well. where are you going to go? Where right? are you going to go? Yeah, and it's like, oh, let's, let's splash water and paddle away quickly. No. 
<laughs> the, the killer whale goes, oh, it's a live one. <laughs> Fresh meat. <laughs> now it's a game. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And you see, I've seen that too where killer whales will, some poor seal, oh, they'll just play with they it. They play with their food, they're, yeah. Yeah. They're, hey, I'm Toss full. It. I'm full right now. So they play catch with a poor seal. They flick the body in the air and, and yeah. you know, the thing's going 30 feet high and it's like, oh, I don't want to be a killer whale's toy. Yeah. There goes there. <laughs> man, oh man. Yeah. No, this is just one of the things I was, I I was Googling stuff. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, South Africa would probably be some pretty cool places to go paddle in there. <laughs> and then you think, oh, yeah, shark attack. What? <laughs> wait a sec. <laughs> you know, you start seeing all that these things. wasn't like, in the brochure. Oh, wait a minute. You start looking at uh, things like Australia and the Great Barrier Reef would be pretty cool to go there, but. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and in Australia, it's the box jellyfish where it can like paralyze you. It's like the, the, the worst sting from a jellyfish you could ever have is the box jellyfish. Oh, so it paralyzes Australia. you and you're floating there as a well, shark not, comes and gets you. Not ya. so much paralyzed. It's paralyzed out of pain because it just, it's like your skin. Apparently it feels like your skin is on fire. Because all the little tentacles, they touch you and then it just, it just burns you like you're in lava. Really? Yeah. Mm. And apparently it doesn't help by peeing on somebody. It's just, maybe it's just a big joke that people started one time, but apparently uh, peeing on somebody who has urine jellyfish burn, urine doesn't work. Huh. I guess that's why. Uh, <laughs> 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 Never mind. <laughs> no, bear bites, you got to pee on you. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, yeah, I just just started looking at all that, and I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to. Yeah, but you got the well. I mean, they they migrate too, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe I just gotta plan my trip when the there's no <laughs> the sea, season the, when the sharks are away. <laughs> Migrated. Yeah, are your sharks in town this week? No, good. I'll be down. I'll catch my flight. We we have it good here in Canada. Eh? We have no uh, sharks. Yeah, we have a very like we have one snake that bites and has poison but it's so, the massasauga rattler so it has a very mild bite it's very rare a for very any... mild bite <laughs> no <laughs> but it doesn't have a lot of toxins right hey, i just been poisoned by a like snake a... but it's a mild bite <laughs> it's not like a corn snake it's not or like a, a pepperoni cobra. buddy <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we've got a good like in australia everything wants to kill you in australia right and uh, in the U.S., they have so many. We went through a list of uh, snakes for the kids last night just because I don't know, even know why it came up. But I started reading all the things on snakes. And, like, the guy who uh, who was talking about snakes was doing, he'd suddenly talk about, oh, Indiana Jones wouldn't like this snake. It's like, what? How is this part of a educational? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got the, the, the rattlesnake there. Um, but actually, there are... They have recorded, was it Alan Drummond from Kingdom Outdoors products there, was telling us about when he was out the East Coast. Mm-hmm. There's th- three great whites circling around Nova Scotia area. Oh, yes. They were out of their normal feeding grounds, though. They mm-hmm. were they were off their, their uh, out of their normal range. They were on tour. They were on tour. They were on tour. <laughs> World tour. Yes. Because oh, you, like, you do hear occasionally of 
great whites being spotted like off Newfoundland by fishermen and stuff like that, or or once in a while, uh, like a large shark will wash ashore dead and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's it's pretty rare to see them on the East Coast because because the water is so much colder. They tend to stay in the more temperate climates where it's easier feeding grounds and so on, right? See, they can sneak up on you. Yeah. So again, they fit in the product. They fit in the the snake category <laughs> as opposed to the bear category. Yeah. Where the bear steps on leaves. Oh, I hear a bear. Is coming through the bush at you. Yeah. Whereas a snake and a shark can sneak up on yeah. you. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So the snakes and the shark, yeah, they're in the same category. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You don't know they're there until you're being flipped over. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No thanks, man. No thanks. Uh, but you know what? I think once you got out, out there, you'd be having fun. But the minute you saw one. Oh, yeah. You'd be hoping you're with somebody that's going to go, I won't bother you. Yeah, liar. (laughs) They're going to eat you first. Where's Timmy? (laughs) Well, he said he wouldn't bother him. (laughs) He lied. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, But there's some really, really cool spots I've been looking at in South Africa that would uh, Mm -hmm. be some pretty cool looking spots to go paddling. What is it? uh, We had the name. Not Johannesburg, but uh, Cape Town. Cape Town. So yeah, so what, what is it, Lionhead and stuff? There's a lot of that area. There's a lot of surfers use that area mm-hmm. and kayakers use the area. So it is beautiful, but there's some bitey things. Yeah. Bitey, bitey, <laughs> stabby, stabby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stingy, stingy. Stingrays or stab you. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> let's take a quick break here and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Canadian Canoe Museum. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Sean Rowley and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Welcome back. I want to talk a little bit about the Canadian Canoe Museum. A little bit of news that had come out a couple of weeks back is, uh, so everybody, if anybody's been paying attention over the last couple of years, they've been raising funds uh, to build a brand new canoe museum. And the spot they were looking at was right next to the lift lock in Peterborough. Mm-hmm. Did you, um, do you see the uh, the drawings that they had? put together to show what the new museum yeah. look like. Yeah. It's going to be spectacular. It was going to be spectacular. And I say it was going to be spectacular because it announced that it has terminated its lease agreement with Parks Canada for the land located along the Peterborough lift lock on the Trent Severn River. Uh, the reason they did that is that this land was found to contain an industrial solvent, the chemical compound trichloroethylene in addition to a variety of other chemicals not good 
So probably during the construction of the lift lock way back when stuff was used and, you know, that we would not be used nowadays or yeah. in a manner that we wouldn't because we're a lot more environmentally careful. But back then they didn't know any better. and Just dump it. Yeah, you just dump it. And yeah. So uh, unfortunately it's this chemical is, uh, it is a carcinogen. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's very dangerous for the human body. So they would have to completely recover the area and pull all the dirt out. And it's just, the cost would be incredible. And so, yeah. so what makes me curious is, so they can't afford to remove and remediate the area. So they're going to leave it there. Well, that's what I'm wondering. That no one's actually said what's going to happen I there, but I assume they consider it stable ground so that it's not going to leach out. But it'll everything but you leaches think out it's eventually, slowly. Yeah. And you wonder how long it's mm-hmm. if it was indeed from yeah. when they did the lift lock. But yeah, the cost associated with it is is um, uh, is, is going to be a bit much. So uh, yeah, so Canadian Canoe Museum and Parks Canada have worked together to reach an amicable disillusion dis, disillusion of the lift lock lease agreement at no additional punitive cost to the museum. And they are engaged in a proactive site selection process reviewing multiple alternate sites located in Peterborough. So at least you know it's going to be kept up that way. Yeah, so we're still going to get a new museum. They're going to have to go to a new design. This design was specifically suited for this specific area. Mm-hmm. So they'll they'll have to design a new building for wherever they're going to build it, right? So the design will have to be appropriate to whatever location. And that's going to set them back. They're going to have to look for a new location. It's going to take them a few years. They were supposed no. to break ground this year, right? They're still, project is expected to be shovel ready by end of 2021. Really? I got to think they're only going to make certain adjustments to the building design. I mean, yeah, they, 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 because of the way the hill and everything was, Mm -hmm. they can re sort of rebuild that. I suppose. Like, because they had planned on a, like a rooftop grass lawn type thing and a lot of glass, a whole lot of glass. So I got to think they're going to probably keep the majority of the, Mm -hmm. and then whenever they find their new area, they just, they'll just tweak it. Modify it it to fit the new area. Yeah. But really the shovel ready by the fall of 2021? End of 2021. That's what they're saying. Huh. That's a. But like how long they're going to, that'll dig a hole. Yeah. (laughs) Prepare the, prepare the area. Because they have to, like with something of this magnitude, this is not. You know, this is not uh, Joe Blow on the corner of uh, building a new house and you can get it done in six months. This is a major evolution and it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you're talking working with, uh, government entities and municipalities and so on. It's, uh, it tends to slow things down. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with the building if they totally change it, mm-hmm. you know, or, or what, because I mean, right there, that's going to be a big deal if, if they totally change the building. There's a lot of, that's time consuming. That's time consuming. Yeah. There, it's not going to start 2021. Hmm. So, um, so that's what's happening with the canoe museum, the new canoe museum. Yeah. However, the old canoe museum is still there. We haven't talked about it. Actually, uh, Carolyn Hislop, mm-hmm. the she one was- that, she's the one that's was been given the information about this. 
the executive director of the Canadian Canoe Museum. She was actually our very, very, very first guest ever on episode one. She was even before Kevin Callan. Yes. Because he was on the second half of that show. Yes. (laughs) So she was, uh, yeah, she was our first guest way back, back in the day 248 or whatever shows ago. Yeah. Um, so what's happening at the Canadian Canoe Museum with colder weather coming in? Take the drive to take in all their exhibits. Get out of the house for a day. Um, remember, they're doing the social distancing, masks, etc. Go to canoemuseum.ca. Find out what their new protocols are, directions, hours of operations, all that sort of stuff. So they're still open that you can yeah. go in and, and check everything out. You know, in I mean, with my daughter doing what she's doing. You see a lot of the virtual tours of galleries and museums and stuff like that, but they're still open. So if you actually want to go in and see everything, which I think is, I, I, I enjoy that a lot yeah. more. I've, I've been there a few times now. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a really nice museum and, and they do need the more space of the new museum because they have so many exhibits that they cannot display. It's most of them are in warehouses. warehouse. Oh and storage. yeah. Yeah. They got this massive warehouse. Yeah. It's just filled. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, some of the things they're doing though, seniors virtual tours. Uh, there's more information available at canoemuseum.ca backslash virtual tours for seniors. And you can find all this stuff. They've got the drop down menu on their, on their site. Mm-hmm. Seniors in Peterborough city and county are now able to visit the Canadian Canoe Museum without leaving the comfort and safety of their residences. Yeah. So they don't have to leave. They don't have to expose themselves, but mm. it's uh, it reduces social isolation and gets an opportunity for them to, you know, community interaction. They, they get to go get out and it may be virtual, but they're doing something with interacting with others. Yeah. And the new virtual tours will engage seniors who are in long-term care retirement residences and living independently. Live tour, virtual tours will connect seniors with a museum guide as they explore exhibits and artifacts, providing an opportunity to interact with museum staff and each other. That's pretty cool. And of course, if, if uh, you are at a senior's residence or something, uh, just contact the museum and they will give you all the information on how to get all connected up. Mm-hmm. There's no co- cost for all of this. Yeah, that's right? fantastic. So for seniors, yeah. Yes. So yeah, and they can sit in their, their own privacy, their own safety of their home, home and, and, and uh, still get, be exposed to other, or, you know, <laughs> I mean, but, but you know, it's. See it, what they've got going on at the museum. Re- yeah. Reduce social isolation because it, you need this, the constant keeping the mind busy. So if anybody out there has a, uh, a parent senior who, uh, could, uh, maybe would like to participate in some, a tour like this and you should, uh, set them up with this and. It's, uh, I think it would be very exciting to participate in one of these virtual tours. Yeah. Just as a sort of, um, total off topic sort of thing. Do you use the word senior or senior citizen? (laughs) I don't think I've ever used senior citizen. My grandmother used to hate that term. Yeah. Because... What, we weren't citizens before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, we're sitting there on a bus and there was something, and I said something about senior citizens. So I just hate that. Like I wasn't a senior, yeah. I wasn't a citizen before I became a senior. <laughs> Sorry, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> a, a woman at work. Now, apparently uh, at um, Shoppers Drug Mart, you just have to be 55 to qualify for the seniors discount. Right. So... She was at the cash 
and she was offered the seniors discount and she was floored. She's like, what? <laughs> like she's got black hair and she's, she doesn't look old at all. She's like mid forties, early forties. And she was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she, she, it bothered her for weeks. I would have taken the discount. <laughs> I ain't proud. I'm 13. But give me the discount. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, virtual tours of the Canadian Canoe Museum. Experience the Canadian Canoe Museum from the comfort of your home and anywhere in the world with our new virtual tours. Join our staff tour guides as we share close-up demos, highlight unique artifacts, and share the history of Canada by canoe. Lots of opportunities for Q&A. Our virtual tours offer a uniquely intimate and interactive experience of our world-class collection. So this is for anybody. They can sign up for this one. Of mm -hmm. course, there is a class for this one. Uh, right now, they have the virtual tour Artisan and Industry. Why did the small town of Peterborough, Ontario become a wooden canoe building hub of, the world, of world renown? What were the building techniques and innovations that drove the new leisure market for canoes? How did the factory change the canoe from its indigenous and artisanal uh, origins? Join curator Jeremy Ward for a live virtual tour of our artisan and industry gallery featuring hands-on building demos, rare artifacts, and iconic wooden canoes in a Q&A. Uh, and again, this is a, a one evening thing. Thursday, November 19th, 7 p.m. Tickets are $15 per household. That's cool. It's house cold because then, you know, like 40 people, all your neighbors come over and <laughs> sit in front of your one screen. Yeah. <laughs> 15 bucks, different best deal ever. Uh, support the work of the museum and care for our world-class collection. So, yeah. So you just... Uh, Go to the site and to their to their virtual tour section, and you click on the payment and subs uh, reserve a site uh, a space and all that sort of stuff. And, That's really cool. And uh, join in on that evening. Uh, one of the other things here. Oh, actually, these ones you can. These are videos you can actually watch. They have three videos. Actually, there's. I think there's. I'm looking at right here. One, two, three. There's four, five different. Six, six different videos. They got a multimedia thing here. Uh, but this one here is The Stories They Hold explores the stories of three iconic canoes. They've, they launched a three-part video series, which you can see here uh, on their website, allowing the public to get up close personal with three iconic canoes in the museum's collection. Featuring the video tours are the stories of William and Mary Commanda's birch bark canoes, whose work in revitalizing the cultural practice of canoe building in indigenous communities has been nationally and internationally recognized. The second one is the Canary Yellow Canoe, belonging to Gordon Lightfoot that he memorialized in a song. I don't remember that song. Yeah, I don't remember I'm going to have to watch the uh, um, thingy fully and, and uh, see what that song was. And the third one, the artistic interplay between May Minto, a female canoe builder, which was uncommon, and a wildlife painter and environmentalist, Robert Bateman. So they, yeah, they they put these three videos up there for people to watch. There's also another video connected by Canoe Mini Documentary. Um, there's a quick tour of the back building by drone. And yeah, you just look at the the picture on this mu this video, and like you 
dozens and dozens of canoes in this warehouse that they've got there. And this one here, I think there's the actual video or something's missing here because it talks about lecture lands of the lost borders, but there's nothing there to click on and whatnot. And then there's a listen library and archives, Canada podcast, uh, Canada's canoe archives. You can listen to that. So there's a lot of multimedia stuff and canoemuseum.ca backslash CCM dash from dash home. And that's where you can find all those videos. But there's a whole lot of other stuff they've got going on. Printable stick puppets and do-it-yourself shadow puppet theater. Uh, Canoe-themed postcards where you print... I think you print them off and then you can color them in. Um, oh, the canoe kayak cutouts. So it looks like you can... If you visited the museum, yeah, you can you can color these things, cut them out, make your own little canoe. Uh, paper one. Um, yeah, again, the virtual tours and everything like that. So if you're looking to get out for the day, go visit the Canadian Canoe Museum and, up in Peterborough. And if you can't get out, there's the virtual um, uh, tours that you can do. If you're a senior, definitely look into seeing if you can hook up and, and do that tour as well. But the museum is fully open and uh, waiting for everybody to show up. Yeah. So, um, what else do I got? Uh, do, 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 oh, 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 did I say oh? <laughs> Just this last little thingy here. It's Christmas is coming. Oh, yes. Bah humbug. I'm looking at different things here, paddling accessories and whatnot, right? Because everybody's always asking me, well, what do you want for Christmas? Besides money. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, so I'm thinking, I'm looking at these things and, and you know, what do I add to my list? So if somebody's, a, yeah, if somebody's asking, tell them I need this. Somebody's asking, tell yeah. them I need this. But there's certain things I'm looking at that, would be cool. A couple of, uh, so I made a list. There's only six things on this list right now, but there's a couple of them on here. I'm just like, really? And there's a couple like, ah. <laughs> okay. And there's one that's definitely no. Number one, a complete folding anchor. So it looks like a grappling hook yes. from Jet Logic A2 folding anchor. Uh, three pounds. Good folding, uh, good folding kayak anchor. Must have for fishermen and river paddlers. Hmm. I don't know why a river paddler would need one. <laughs> but for, I mean, for fishermen, I can see. Yeah. You know, you want to hold yourself in a spot. We used to just take a rock. Yeah. <laughs> tie it to yeah. a rope. And that way you're not hauling it in. Yeah. When you get to the other end of a portage, find another rock. Yes, exactly. Right. Uh, I don't know that I would. And I don't think I'm going to come across any can uh, castles. That I need to scale the walls. I know, eh? Rap rappelling hook. <laughs> so, so that little grappling hook going yeah. up over the wall <laughs> comes with a 25-foot uh, rope on, on it. Um, yeah, that one I think I could do without. Yeah. Yeah. A repositional umbrella for use while kayaking. The Sport Brella Versabrella. Hmm. Mounts on the kayak, covers you while you're paddling. Lightweight umbrella is a mere 1.8 pounds, offering a 360-degree four-way swivel. You can make sure that you're always fully in shade. Hmm. So you can see all the people pointing and laughing at yes. you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a buddy in the kayak with an umbrella. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it's kind of cool looking, but 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sunscreen. Yeah. And a hat. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Sunscreen and the hat. Yep. <laughs> That's what mom always said. Get sunscreen on. Wear hat. This one I might think of, and I know people would probably, not necessarily just for a kayak. The Yak Pads Gel Filled Paddle Saddle. Oh, so it just makes your seat more comfortable. Yeah, a specially designed seat cushion that makes your back and bum more comfortable. The seat cushion easily straps onto your existing chair with strong tabs. The non-slip material ensures you don't move around while paddling. It's like a bicycle seat. Yeah. You know those bicycle gel seats that you can get covered? Yeah, extra cover. Yeah, except this one's more round and Mm -hmm. squishy. Hmm. It's squishy. And yeah, you just sit on it and... Now, I would see people strapping that to a canoe seat. Yeah? Yeah, because that gets sore on your butt sometimes. I guess. Especially after long hours. When you're 10 mm-hmm. hours on a canoe seat. But it's an extra something that you have to take care of on a portage or yeah. something you have to Well, not, not if it lose. straps on. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Right? But yep. yeah. Yeah. That, that's Again, that's one of the, uh, I could see that. Uh, this one is purely, and we've talked about these ones before, the stand-up paddleboard lights. Yes. For nighttime paddling. I have a string of lights that I want to have for my kayak. Well, these ones are big lights that strap on the bottom. Underneath. Underneath. Like light and, the water up. And yeah, it lights up this big circle underneath huh. your, your paddleboard. Um, to which again. To sharks and stuff? Well, see, and that's exactly it. <laughs> if you got one of these bad boys and you're heading to South Africa, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to the Great Barrier Reef with your paddleboard and a sublight, yeah. you're done. <laughs> Here, give that to Timmy. Um, yeah, it lights up. That's pretty cool. I mean, if we were out in uh, the harbor. Trial yeah. Harbor. So yeah, Alan Alan Drummond does this often. He you know, they'll light their their kayaks up and mm-hmm. you know, paddle the harbor and. But they don't have them. I wonder if these would work on the bottom of a kayak. Because hmm. that'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Or if they've got a kayak version, that one I could see getting. Because that'd be cool for nighttime stuff. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, and making sure you don't get lost because all they got to, oh, there he is over there. <laughs> I get see over him. here, idiot. Until <laughs> <laughs> his battery runs yeah, out. until my battery runs out. The SUP kayak seat. A seat that straps to your stand-up paddle board so you can sit down and paddle your board like a kayak. Huh. And this one they're saying, you don't know whether you want a kayak or if you want a stand-up paddle board. Well, this sort of gives you the option of both. Yeah. Because you know those, those folding... Seats for your canoe. Yep. That straps on and then you pull the back up. So yeah. it's like a regular so seat. That's what you got. Like a chair. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it is. But it's strapped to the D-rings on your uh, stand-up paddleboard. Hmm. So you're sitting in the seat with a backrest. Okay. And you get your double-bladed paddle and so away you like go. A, it'd be a sit-on-top kayak type thing. Exactly it. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, I wouldn't have one because I got a kayak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the last one to me is a definite no-go waterproof speaker so you can play your music while out on the water. Yeah, like electronica. and Yeah, like all that EDM music. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, no, uh, who was that? I think I mentioned it when I was at Bice Lake and those guys went by with the music blaring. Sorry, you should be. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel like a grumpy old man. <laughs> Get off my lawn! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the waterproof speaker so you can play your music. Now, one of the drawbacks they said on this was if you're hauling your stuff around, yeah. it's bulky. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're bulky. So, uh, this is the particular brand that they were they were trying to pass off to mm-hmm. people. But, um, you know what? If you got a waterproof speaker and you're playing it quiet enough that no one's going to hear it. That's fine. If only you yeah. can hear it. But if you're blaring it across the lake, yeah. that's different. Like, you know what? Put in earbuds. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Um, two, three, I wouldn't get. One, I, eh. Mm-hmm. The lights, I definitely want to. Uh, yeah, the I, lights I, I would wanna, be cool. I'm going to look in to see if you can get the, well, if, you, if they would fit under a paddle board. You got to think they'd fit under a kayak and probably you could rig them up to fit under a canoe as yeah. well. Strap on. Yeah. So yeah, this, the, the sup lights, I think I'll look, I might look into getting something like that next year and all going well again. If they do the lock and paddle at night again at the Peterborough uh, lift lock. You can show up with your strap ons. I can show up with my strap ons. <laughs> <laughs> Pervert. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the, that would be a pretty cool light. It would be. To have. It would be neat. The sup kayak seat? Uh, I guess if, you know what, if, if you already have a stand up pedal board and you wanted to, you, I don't know, like maybe, maybe you have, uh. Taking so, somebody with you, a kid or something. Actually, that would be a good idea. Right? Like yeah. the passenger seat. I just think of somebody who's, uh, getting a bit older and need to sit down a bit. Well, and that's what they say. One of the things they were saying is if it gets wavy oh, yeah, and you need yeah. to sit down, then you've mm-hmm. got the backrest. Mm-hmm. But if it's already strapped on, yeah, then you're going to be standing on it. Yeah. Yeah, sort exactly. Of thing, right? yeah. 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 Uh, the umbrella, no. No. The anchor. Probably not. No. And, uh, the yak pads, gel filled paddle saddle. Maybe. Yeah. I Maybe. <laughs> That'd be, that would be something I'd buy for somebody. Mm-hmm. Not for me. What we need is for our listeners to send us messages to say what their suggestions are. And we can compile a list for like Christmas present suggestions or something, your significant, something for your significant other. Something out there that we haven't thought about. Like this is a pretty rough list. We don't even agree with most of them. So maybe you guys could uh, tell us what you guys think. And there must be something unique out in the industry that uh, would work with... Uh, Canoeing, kayaking, stand-up, paddleboard, rafting, anything that, you know, some unique little uh, gift that's, uh, we're not talking like, you know, $3,000 thing. We're talking like, you know, a little small amount that's not going to break the bank and that's... 50 bucks and less. Yeah, yeah. We're on under 100 bucks. Yeah. Give us some ideas. Yeah, under $100 because that way your family can go in it on, on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, give some ideas to put towards a, and we'll, we'll see if we can get enough ideas that we'll put a little... Uh, Christmas list together. Yes. This is what people want. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody, my name is Bill. Please tell my wife <laughs> this is what yeah. I want. So, Jillian, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, yeah. Other than that, I don't think I have anything else left. No, neither do I. Um, That's a wrap. Puerto Rico, stop littering. Yes, it's funny. <laughs> I don't even know why they, they put that why, on there. What, Are they picking on Puerto Rico? Why I don't do they know, do that? Why would they point that out? What's going on down in Puerto Rico? Yeah. Do not litter. 
<laughs> ah, that's going to involve some Googling right there. Yeah, exactly. We're Googling. Let's finish this show so we can go start Googling. <laughs> if you want to find more about Paddling Adventures Radio, you can go to paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can also go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and download or stream all 248 episodes. And if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends, family, loved ones, even strangers. And that's about it for this week. I want to thank everybody for listening. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>